We, uh, we're a bit behind uh, from losing an hour, so this next section I usually spend a pretty good bit of time on, but I'm actually going to breeze through it pretty quickly, and I'm going to just hit to highlight. Some of them I might say that's pretty self-explanatory and move on, um, but I do want to get into the meat of how to write and give Bible studies. So we'll, we'll uh, just blow through this, but I don't want to just totally skip it because there are some important things in here. And what this is, is a section on how to, we talked about how to get Bible studies, right? We talked about how to ask. <clears throat> They'll be talking to you about that, I don't know what happened to it, but that card that uh, we will be using all throughout Michigan, there it is, thank you, all throughout Michigan that refers people to BibleStudyOffer.com, and this will be the card that you'll be able to use with all of your Bible studies, all of your outreach events. And uh, even if you're not from Michigan, I'm quite sure you can still use this. You can probably order them from Michigan and use them wherever you're at. If you're in, you know, some folks are from Tennessee and other places, and uh, you'll still be able to use these. And these are very powerful tools because it's the simple, remember we talked about yesterday asking what? Questions, right? And all you have to do with this card is ask people that come into your church, ask people that come to your events, is, have you heard about our Bible school? And you just kind of present the card as you ask that question. They'll take a look at it, and we say, we have this amazing Bible study course. We think you'd really be interested. We have a couple different options that will suit your lifestyle and your needs, and uh, you'll be able to sign them up right there, get them enrolled in Bible studies. That's, it's a brilliant idea. It's very simple. Um, but the beauty of it is, is that so many times church members seem awkward because it's like I'm trying to build that relationship and I'm not sure uh, how to ask them for Bible studies. I'm not sure if it's the right time. Well, this is very simple. Have you heard of our Bible school? And uh, it's very easy. It's non-threatening to the person. It's not awkward for you. And uh, it gives you that tool right in your hand. So what we're going to do in Lansing, uh, where I pastor, is we're going to actually have uh, multiple banners we have, we have, Lansing's a large church, there's a lot of moving parts, there's stuff that goes on that I don't find out about until it's over with, um, and uh, I can't go to everything, I don't go to everything, I go to certain things, I meet with my departmental leaders, my elders, and, um, but what we're going to do is we're going to have about five banners, pop-up banners, and we're going to have tables and we're going to store them in a certain place, and all of our departmental leaders are going to be trained. And it says it doesn't matter how big your church is, you can do the same thing. You may only have one banner. Our departmental leaders are going to be trained that at every single event they host, we have a Tuesday night fit club, we have school events, we have um, health events, we have all kinds of things where there may only be one or two, or there may be ten non-Adventists that come. They're going to put that banner up, or they're going to set that table up, and they're going to have, we're going to have probably a, a really nice frame that has both of these lessons in the frame, and we'll fix it up somehow really nice, and uh, we'll have that sitting on that table, and we'll have a stack of these cards, and at every event we do, no matter where it's at, or that's at the church, we're talking about doing a 5K next year. This past year, we did a dental clinic for the community. We had 200 non-Adventists come through our church. Um, whatever we do, it doesn't matter what it is. 
we're going to have that banner up, we're going to have that table up, that picture frame up, and we're going to be having someone manned, manning that table, saying, asking the question, have you heard about our Bible school? And it's a real easy way, even at, during, even on Sabbath morning during church, we're going to have it set up, we have visitors coming in all the time, and we're going to have somebody there, and we'll have other resources there, we're going to have a like to have a resource table and whatever, where we're going to be asking people, have you heard about our Bible school? When a visitor comes, they're going to be directed there. Have you heard about our Bible school? Let's all say that together. Amen. Have you heard about our Bible school? Amen? And so it's beautiful, and you can use this magnificently. So my point is, with all of the things I'm about to share with you in this class, it all goes back to this card. Everything I'm about to show you, this card, have you heard about our Bible school? One more time. Have you heard about our Bible school? You guys are pros already. You're ready to go. It's all you needed. All right, well, let's pray together, and then we're going to dive into this, and uh, we'll ask the Lord's blessing to be with us and the Holy Spirit to guide us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for new mercies this morning. We thank you for your compassion. We ask for forgiveness for our sins, that our hearts and minds might be in tune with your Spirit. We ask for the gift of repentance and whatever it is we may need it for. And we pray today, dear Father, that you would open our eyes to new things. You would help us understand the concepts and apply them. And Lord, help us to remember not to overthink it, but to just understand it in a simple way that we may use it and apply it to others, and it will win souls. So Father, these are your methods. We ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what I want to do and really strive to do, probably in the next 15 minutes, I usually take an hour and a half for this thing, is uh, go through this and show you different ways you can, uh, I told you how to talk to people, how to ask them for Bible studies, but now I want to teach you some seed sowing things on how to generate Bible studies, okay? Um, and these methods, you may not use all of them, um, and, and, and let me just say this, that it's important to understand that there's no... There's no just golden method to say, oh, I'm gonna, if I do this, I'm going to get 500 Bible studies. It, 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 it's never happened. It's never been that way. It never will be that way. Because if you remember what Jesus said, there's what types of soil? How many different types of soil? Four different types of soil, right? And there's different types of people, and there's no one sure method. This is probably about as close as you can get. Have you heard about our Bible school, right? But... Uh, if you do different things in your church, you may get two or three from this thing, three or four from this thing, half a dozen over here, one over here, four over here, and before you know it, you got 20 Bible studies, but it's from different things. And the beauty of these things that I'm about to show you is they don't really cost much. So if you have a small church and a small budget, it's not a problem, amen? And uh, you don't have to have big budgets to get Bible studies. You just have to be, you have to have big hearts you have to be willing to, you have to have a lot of elbow grease or Holy Spirit grease. Amen? Holy Spirit oil, right? And the Lord will bless you. <clears throat> All right. One thing that I do is um, we do what we call final events or cosmic conflict surveys. And I actually have these. We did these at Amazing Facts. We go door to door. We talk to people. We go through a survey with them. And then at the end, instead of offering them Bible studies right then, we actually offer them a DVD because mo more people will be more receptive to a DVD than just straight up Bible studies. So we give them the DVD, we ask them to watch it, 
and ask them, what, ask them to tell us what they think about it, that we would like to get their input. Then we go back about three days later and see if they watch the DVD. You know, there'll be some people that don't. But then after that, we offer them Bible studies. If they enjoy it, if they didn't like it, then, and that's going to be the case sometimes, but those are probably the people that wouldn't have been open to Bible studies anyway, okay? But there'll be people that'll be interested, and you say, we have these wonderful complimentary Bible studies that go with the theme of this DVD. We'd like to offer them to you free of charge, right? Then you can have one of these cards right here in your hand and say, here you go. This is the offer that we have for you. You can do these Bible, this Bible study course, okay? Um, this course would normally cost, you know, 100 bucks, but we're offering it for people for free. All right, um, you can also do card mail-outs. You can call this number, uh, Color Press, or any of the printing handling if you're in Michigan. You can do a card mail-out. They're going to be doing some of those here in Michigan with the, with the Bible study reformation. Um, you can do door-to-door -door health services if you have health professionals in your church, nurses, doctors, whatever. You can go door-to-door uh, -door and offer just a, a very brief health screen. Now, don't send two big hairy, burly guys, you know, that are 6'5 and 300 pounds, you know, don't send two big dudes and say, yeah, we're nurses. We want to give you blood pressure, right? We want to check your blood pressure. You know, send, uh, send people that, I'm not saying you can't send one, but send a nice, nice lady with him as well, okay? Uh, very important to do that. All right, literature distribution, good old-fashioned outreach, right? Door-to-door, -door, passing out books. But there's one thing that I want to mention about this that most people uh, they don't see a lot of fruit. One is that you should do uh, literature distribution during times when people are already together. You try to get people together on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, they're probably not going to show up. But if you have a, a simple potluck lunch on Sabbath afternoon, you can do that. We've actually used, uh, Olson, my, he's one of our church members, will confirm that we have taken sometimes prayer meetings and done outreach um, in the community. Who's to say that you can't do outreach once a month for prayer meeting, right? And uh, use it at a time when people are together. Uh, also, uh, we, the, the church manual talks about that once a month you should have a missionary Sabbath. Actually, every Sabbath ought to be missionary Sabbath, right? But you have dedicated outreach that is focused one time per month on a Sabbath afternoon, like every first Sabbath or whatever, and the church service is designed for visitors. You challenge all your members to invite a visitor. You have a nice sermon that day. You have a nice gift for the visitors. You have a nice lunch. And then when all the visitors go, you take the people out on outreach, right? But also, this is, this is a mistake that a lot of people make, is that when you, let's just say you buy a, you know, five cases of great controversy, you're going to pass those out this, this week, and, or Steps of Christ or whatever. And they pass them out and they think, wow, we've really done some wonderful outreach, right? But what have they not done? What, what's, not, what's missing from those books? Contact, right? And uh, so they pass out the books and the person reads the great controversy and they're like, man, this is the best book I've ever read. I want to become a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, right? And they're so excited about it, but now they're like, all right, well, so, so where do I go now? What do I do? Who do I contact? And there's nothing in there that they can reply to. What you also don't want to do is what they used to do. And they used to have this stamp, and they would stamp the book, 
and they would say something like Seventh Day Adventist Church, whatever, and they would, uh, and it would just be this big rubber stamp, and we welcome you or whatever. What's better to do, friends, is to put something in the book that they can reply to, like a card. Does that make sense? Or really, that's the best thing. Put a card in there. Don't put the church's name on it, to be honest. Put, uh, have some name like, you know, it is written or amazing facts or whatever, and put that card in there. They can return that card. And, and on, I wish I had one to show you. In, in Traverse City, we made these. And when we did outreach, we would, we would pass these out. And we got numerous cards back. You want to use a P.O. box, okay? Use a P.O. box. And um, on the back of it, it has options for them. In fact, I do believe that these cards, they're going to have some of these cards created that can be mail-ins. So you could just use this card right here and uh, put these in every single book that you give out. Does that make sense? Don't make that mistake because you'll start getting interest. You don't want to lose those interests. Amen? All right, door-to-door prayer requests, work surveys. We would go out on Sabbath afternoon. We would have this survey of about three or four questions. We would ask people if there's, uh, this is great for youth groups, if there was, you know, five things around your house that you can't get to that you'd like somebody to do, what would, what would they be? You know, mow the grass, move this pile of rocks, pick up this garbage, get rid of this, this brush, trim my limbs, whatever, right? And you do that on Sabbath, and then on Sunday, you go back with a group, and you do that work for those people. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Then at the end of the visit, you know, you give the folks some bread, and you say, what? Have you heard about our Bible school? You think they're going to be warm and receptive to that? Yeah. And so you could say no if you want, but we wanted to offer this to you. We want you to know we care about you physically and what? Spiritually, right? All right. Some of these things you can put up. You can put up these display boxes with final events. You can put in newspaper ads um, offering Bible studies. Um, I'm going to keep moving here because of our time. Chamber of Commerce, you can... They often have welcome packets. What's that? It's not in there, but we're going to get it to you. We're going to get it to you. The Chamber of Commerce, you can, you can put these kind of cards. They usually have welcome packets for people that move into the area. You can put these cards in there. Funeral home ministry, you can send people from your church to um, the funeral home. <clears throat> Don't send weird people. I'm just telling you the truth. Every Adventist church has weird people. <clears throat> Our message draws weird people. Don't send the weirdest people in your church, and those will be the ones that will want to go. Okay? You need to handpick those people that are good, normal people, and uh, you just observe the newspaper, and it says, you know, so-and-so died, and the service will be in this day and at the funeral home or whatever, and uh, you, you send somebody there with some flowers and with a nice card from the church that says, we just want you to know this is a ministry of our church. We just want you to know we're sorry for your family, um, your family's loss, and we're here to help you in any way that we can. Put the contact information in there, give them some kind of little gift, and just we just want you to know we care about you. We're praying for you. If you need anything, you let us know. And um, you can put a little piece of literature in there. Don't put, you know, Man Sleeps at Death magazine or something like that, but put something nice, and uh, you'd be amazed. You know, the... the Adventist Church down in Orlando has offered to do free funerals for the families of the victims. 
So it's a pretty nice thing. New baby ministry works the same. You go to the hospital, you can, uh, you know, talk to the, bring a first Bible or something. And, you know, there's a lot of times these old women that will knit these hats. You bring the nice little hat. Then you talk to them about dedication. Uh, Jesus was dedicated in the temple and offered to dedicate their child in your church. And that will bring them to your church. You can even set up a date with them and uh, talk to them about the importance of that. These are just simple things that some people may want to do that. Small group Bible studies in the doctor's office. Flea market, simple, set up a table, put your literature out. You could probably even sell it and offer free what? Have you heard about our Bible school? Amen. Nursing home ministries, same thing. You can work with the staff. One pastor did a GED program in his church. He offered free GED classes. You can get trained. It's not very hard to do that. It's like eight hours of training or something. Offer that in your, in your church. He grew his church from 80 to 200 people by doing this because you have them a couple times a week for several weeks, and you're building those relationships with them. And uh, when you get to the end, you can offer... Have you heard about our Bible school? Yes. It's uh, when you don't graduate, and you, it's, the, it's the equivalent. It's the diploma. You're from Europe, right? Everyone graduates in Europe. Uh, no, okay. So you can do the same thing, offering English classes to uh, folks in your community. Free music lessons. How many of you play an instrument? How many of you have people in your church that play instruments? You can advertise free guitar lessons, you know, 10 free guitar lessons for 10 weeks, open to five people. You get those five people, you pray about who the Lord would send. You have five people every hour for an hour a week for 10 weeks. Isn't that beautiful? And after you've built that relationship with them, you can ask them, what? You're going to drill it in your heads, folks. Write a weekly article in the paper. You could do an evangelistic series in the newspaper. My father-in-law did that. He wrote an article, started with Daniel 2, went through our entire message in the newspaper. He had like three people that he baptized from that, from that deal right there. Amen? People walk into his church. He had more people come to the church, but he had like three baptisms from that. It takes about an hour a week to do that. There's your three Bible studies, right? Uh, advertise everything you do in your church. Uh, put posters up. Put the new, put, you can... There's all kinds of papers out there you can put free stuff in, right? It's not that hard. Um, but you'll have a, one or two people that'll come from that little deal, and you can visit with them and read about a Bible school. Before you know it, you're going to have 20-something Bible studies. All right, let's uh, keep going here. Bakers of men, you know, have women in your church bake 100 loaves of bread and go out to the houses that are directly in a, in a circle around your church Deliver the bread and say, we just wanted you to know we're from the Adventist church over here. We just want to get to know our neighbors. We just want to know, you to know we care about you. We appreciate you. And uh, have you heard about our? There you go. Family makeovers. Um, if your church wants to do a big project, you, can, uh, you could redo a roof for a family in need or do something. Call the local newspaper. They'll come down and they'll probably do a story on that. And there's your church on the front page of the paper. I heard about a church doing that, and they started having people. In fact, we did the dental clinic last year, or this year actually, this year, earlier in the spring. It was on the news. We had people calling our church 
who didn't even come to the clinic thanking us for doing it. And we had a couple of, several people actually, who came and visited the church because we did it in a clinic. One lady that I know of is doing Bible studies now, and she didn't even go to the clinic. She just saw it on the news. She came to our church. She said, I want to be a part of that, a church that does those kind of things. So it's very powerful. Um, you can invite local officials to speak at your church um, for special events. Now, when I say that, don't bring non-Avenists in to preach sermons, okay? But on Veterans Day, on Memorial Day, Fourth of July, invite a city councilman or something to come in and do a 10-minute talk on, on liberty or something simple like that, not the sermon, okay? Um, and, and then invite them to stay for lunch and, and don't, don't give them special Kalo. Don't do that. Don't give them these weird Adventist concoctions, okay? Don't give them veggie meats. Don't give them the, cook something that's like lasagna. Like have your best lady in the church cook lasagna. You could probably hide a little veggie meat crumbles in there, right? And they're not going to know the difference. But, but feed them normal food, okay? <laughs> and treat them well. Give them some nice, they're going to go back and they're going to, and they're going to talk about your church. Believe me, my father-in-law has done this, and the whole town loves their church. And in fact, the ministers, their, their church is so hospitable in a normal way that ministers from the other churches in town tell their members, you should go visit the Adventist church because they do it right there. They're the example for the whole community. Imagine that if the ministers of other churches were telling your, their members to come visit your church. If, if they did that right now, if they did that this Sunday, and the people came the next Sabbath, what would they experience? Think about that. Those are the changes you need to make. All right. Um, small events in your church, like, um, like I said, uh, you know, Christmas programs, Bike rides, softball games, those things are great. Those are seed-sowing things. We did this a couple years ago uh, at Lansing. We had three softball games throughout the summer. We invited all of the, the non-Adventist people, uh, the spouses and whatnot, to come, children to come. A number of them came, and a number of them come back to church because that one guy walked up off the, just walked up from the park and said, hey, could I play with you guys? Sure. Bible studies. Got Bible studies with them. So when, when you have these kind of events, you have that little table with your booth and with your, your banner and with these cards, and you, you talk to people, you have the pastor at the end say, you know, we have a free Bible study course. Um, you'd probably be interested in it. Have you heard about our Bible school? Guide people over there. These kind of events will draw the spouses of the members who are non-members in your church and that's how you work with them and you appeal to them for Bible studies, okay? It's a very beautiful thing. All right, uh, small groups, I mentioned that. Local radio, if you're able to put, you can actually contact Amazing Facts and probably most of the other medias, and they will send you, if you don't have a, your own radio station, if you don't, pray about that too. But if you don't, you contact Amazing Facts and they will actually send you radio programming and you can buy airtime on your local radio station, and you can put that on there, okay, or you can make your own. I kind of talked about the Visitor Sabbath, cold porting program. There's another one 
It's called Cars. This one they did in Sacramento Central Church, and it's Christian Auto Repair Service. So they had a bunch of people that would, on a Sunday, offer free oil changes and free tire pressure checks and just your basic services, fill your window washing fluid and whatnot. They offered that <clears throat> for like single mothers, elderly people. They actually offered it for anybody, but those are the people they mostly got. And they had a line out the door. I mean, they had a line across the, the way. People were coming to get their free oil change. That's a, that one costs a little bit of money. But you can, you can work it out, raise the money for it. And then they would have prayer with the people as they were in line. They would talk to them. They would give them literature. And then they would do what? Have you heard about our Bible school? Now imagine if you had 100 people in line and they were very open to you because you're doing something free for them. And how many of them think that after you talk to them for five, ten minutes while they're waiting, and you said, have you heard about our Bible school? How many of you think that they would respond positively? Amen? You're going to sign up some people for Bible studies. Amen? All right. I, I just did that faster than I've ever done it in my life. So you guys are blessed. What's that? Oh, yeah, I've done prison ministry. We, we had prison ministry up in Traverse City. We have it in Lansing as well. Um, and I'm not against it. I'm very much in favor of it. Yeah, local jails. The, the thing is this, though, and I want to make sure. We don't want to neglect those people, okay? We want to minister to them. But we don't want to just make the prison ministry like our sole ministry of the church because then you're not going to grow. Because you, you might grow on the books when you baptize those people, but you're not growing in your church. So it's a good thing. I think we should do it, but I think we have to do the out, other outreach stuff as well. Okay? Well, what he's talking about, you would then start ministering to their families that were out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can use it as a springboard. Now, you can do that. The, the challenge with that on a larger scale is going to be most of those families are going to be all over the place. They're not going to be in your community. You'd said advertise everything done in church, and then you got down to bakers of men, your bread. Right in between, you said get, and that's where I missed. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Get what? I don't know what I said. Let me, let me back up to the slide here. Um, I think I came back. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get it in writing. So, Let me just hit this real quick, and then we're going to move on to writing Bible studies. Um, you like that picture there? Small church, small budget, no problem, right? How many of you, how many of you in your churches have small budgets? Right? We're in the, yeah, in the Lansing Church. It's the largest church in that little area there. And everybody thinks Lansing has all the money. And the reality is that the larger your budget, the larger your expenses, right? And we have a bigger parking lot that has to get plowed in the winter. We have a bigger school that needs funding. And so really the proportion, proportionally, it, it, it balances out, okay? Uh, but you may have a small church and a small budget. That does not limit your soul winning. You understand me? Because it doesn't cost any, it costs five bucks for a set of lessons to give to somebody and to, and to study through with them, okay? It's all those things I just showed you, mostly free. These cards will be exceedingly cheap. 
You'll be able to buy them and, and, and do this. And so if your evangelism budget is very weak and limited, that needs to change in your church. You need to go to your board and say, we need the evangelism budget to grow because we need to be doing outreach. Because if we don't do that, then all the other budgets are going to shrink over time because you're going to not have people. Yes? How do you get these lessons from Christ? Well, I don't know what, I, I don't know. But you can order them from the conference. Order them from the conference. I don't know. They may be a little bit more than that. What's that? What, the it is written lessons. I think I think during I think during Unlock Revelation they were they were a little bit less than ten. Yeah, they're like what's that? Five and six dollars. I think they're subsidized through the conference, right? So if you buy them at the ABC, they're going to be full price. But if you order them through, is it Personal Ministries? You'll get them cheaper. Okay. Like two hundred fifty or more. Five ninety. All right. So the culture, yes, sir. I don't think so, but I gave it to I gave it at a personal ministries weekend a couple of years ago at Campus Sable. So this is what I used to share with my students at AFCO. Um, the point is this: what I just gave you, all those ideas, you're not even limited to those. I'm just giving you examples of hundreds of things you can do. But the most important thing you have to remember is we're not, we're not changing oil and smiling and just saying, well, I hope they, they know that we're Adventists. No, we are actively engaging those people. Those are seed-sowing things, but we got to make sure that we are following up with the spiritual, okay? The NAD <clears throat> is pushing this thing called uh, Days of Compassion. How many of you have heard about that? That's a wonderful idea. There's nothing wrong with it. But if we, if we go and put physical bread in the hands of the homeless, but we're not putting spiritual bread in their hands, that's a big problem. And, and, and just hoping that they're going to want to become a Seventh-day Adventist because we give them a loaf of bread is not a reality. You understand that? They have to have the bread of life as well. And so that's why any seed-sowing event you do, you must transition through to the spiritual. And this is a, such a simple way to do it. Have you heard about our Bible school and people. Once you've met that need, they're going. Jesus would always heal people first, and then he would say, "Did he, when he healed people, would he ever say, go on your way?'" He always appealed to them what spiritually, didn't he? And he educated people, and so we've got to make that that transition from seed sowing to cultivation. Amen. Are you with me? So. Any of these things you're doing, you're not just doing because always oh, want to be nice, nice Christians and help people. Well, we do, but if that's our only objective, then we've missed the bigger picture, right? We want to make them disciples of Christ. Well, we want Christ to do that. We don't do that, but He does it through us. But you've got to make that next swing in the cycle. Okay. All right. So three principles, and then I'm going to move on to follow in a small church. Number one, I call it the stick, the stone, and the coin. It's very simple. It's not complicated, okay? The stick, in Exodus chapter 4, God says to Moses, what's in your hand, right? And what was in his hand? The rod. And then once he asked him what was in his hand, and he said, my rod, he said, throw it on the ground, and God began to do wonders through that, through that rod, a simple stick, 
Does that make sense? So in your churches, do an evaluation and ask yourselves, what's in our hands? Okay, we, 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 got, we got 25 attending members in our church. How many non-Adventist spouses do we have? Oh, we have 13, or we have five, or whatever. So do an inventory. How many youth do we have in our church that are unbaptized? How many uh, friends and neighbors do we have that could study the Bible? What's in our hand, right? You might, you might have all the Bible studies you can handle just from asking the question, what's in our hand, right? How many missing members do we have that need to come back to church? Oh, we got 40 people on our books that haven't attended in two or three years. Oh, we need to go visit those people before we drop their names, right? Uh, don't just send letters to them. Go visit them. Amen? So what's in my hand? God, you'll, you'll be amazed at the wonders God will do with what you already have, okay? Secondly, the stone. What, what do I mean by the stone? Who used the stone? David. If David had hit Goliath anywhere else other than where he hit him, what would have happened? He would have been smashed, right? Because that giant would have gotten that blow and David would have been done. I mean, the Lord probably would have delivered him, right? My point is, is that David hit that giant in a specific spot. He had focus, he had direction, he had aim, and it brought that giant down. Most of our small churches are facing all kinds of giants, aren't they? Budget giants, manpower giants, you know, we're struggling to keep the doors open, and you have to decide that we're going to let certain things go in the church. And let me just say this, I'm just going to preach for about 30 seconds here. In the Adventist churches, we have these, these little idols that we have to all, we must always have prayer meeting Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, and we must do this certain format, even though it's the same three 80-plus-year-old ladies that come to the prayer meeting and no one else comes. And we must, but we must... And the, and the same people that don't come to the prayer meeting are the ones that will fight to keep it the same as it's been for the last 50 years. Are you with me? We need to say, you know what, we're going to do something different for prayer meeting. We're going to have maybe a supper at you know, 6 o'clock, and then we're going to have a season of prayer for 30 minutes, and then we're going to go out and do outreach for an hour. We're going to make it a family night. And we invite the families to come and, and have a dinner and... We'll have prayer time. We'll have a three-minute devotional. Then we're going to go out and do outreach. We're going to do that once a month. And we're going to change some things. Does that make sense? And when you're doing evangelism, when you're having a meeting, you're not having all these other things going on in your church. You know what I'm saying? We're not having school events. We're not having Pathfinder events. We're not having all these other areas of, of focus crowding out the evangelism. When we do evangelism, we're what? We're focused. Because the evangelistic meetings are already wearing you out. Does that make sense? Okay? So you're taking aim. You're taking aim. Okay? You're focused. We're knowing exactly what we're doing, where we're at, and where we're going. Okay? And then thirdly, the coin. Which is the coin? In Luke chapter 15, what did she do? She sought diligently. She left no stone unturned when she was looking for that coin, right? And we're constantly reevaluating ourselves. And this is what's useful in this is, you'll hear it, uh, probably talked about this week, is the master plan of evangelism for your church. 
and you're constantly reevaluating yourself and asking the question, have we, have we turned over every stone here? Because uh, God's not going to bring new people to you until you've turned over every stone that he's provided already. Does that make sense? So if you follow those three principles, the stick, the stone, and the coin, God's going to do great things in your church. Amen? And you don't have to have a big, fat budget. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.